Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of I Cast Fireball, an actual play 5e D&D adventure where we go through the campaign, Tyranny of Dragons. I'm Thomas, your DM for this adventure, and around the table we have... Malamara, Lance Thalen, and Fleeple. Folks, let's see what trouble we can get into on this crazy night. So, last we left our adventurers, some people were dealing with some stuff, and those things could have been pretty deep. Yes, I'm talking about Malamara, dealing with her killing the Gith warrior that had been stalking them, taunting her, and threatening to kill her. But despite this inner turmoil within the group, Leosin had a very important mission for them to infiltrate the secret, or rather inaccessible, catacombs of Candlekeep. They decided to take on this mission, and with the help of Fleeple casting produce flame, propelling themselves deeper into the earth, they came across the entrance to the forgotten portion of the library. After successfully crossing a rickety old bridge, even just barely, they encountered a barrier with Zaza's help, preventing them from gaining access to the main portion of the library when they heard a voice calling from the other room. And that is where we jump in for tonight's adventure. So, Mal, Lance, Fleeple, all of you are at this reddish barrier preventing you access into the library itself when you hear a voice from the other room call out to you. Oh, goodness. Well, I feel like it would be terribly unkind of us to keep this individual waiting, but also it could be a trap. How? Yes. Yes, it could be. (laughs) I... How are we supposed to get to them? This is barrier. Could you... Could you let down your barrier? (laughs) The voice calls from behind you and goes, I'm just in the room next to you. You have to come in and check in before you go to the library. I thought it was past the barrier. Okay. Yes, please. I'm sorry if that was unclear with my recap here. (laughs) <laughs> your voice just travels. You, you, you're an excellent thrower of your voice. We thought it was this way. Put you back here. Okay. Well, come in. Come in. Yes, a librarian has never been evil to my knowledge, so let's go for it. Oh, you haven't met some librarians. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate the Sanderson call out. Hey. As you enter the check-in room as this disembodied voice calls out to you, there are a few things to note about this room. It is right by the entrance, and Zaza did scout it out, but for our players, and maybe even for some of our listeners, we'll review. As you enter this room, it appears that it has been untouched by time, which is in stark contrast with some of the other rooms that you've seen in the entrance to this library. Everything in here appears to be in pristine order, even dusted. There are a few tapestries of individuals giving and receiving books, and a few plush chairs that look quite inviting to sit in. And at the far end of this room, there is a very lavish wooden desk that has a few pictures, a closed book, and a quill with a vial of ink. There is a chair behind this desk, but no one appears to be sitting behind it. You said there was a book with next to the quill on the table, or just the quill? Yes. So it looks like the table is ready for somebody to open this book, take the quill from the inkwell, and start writing in it. That's kind of, 
that's how it, visually it looks. You could enter and uh, start writing, reading, whatever. Can I use my Eldritch Sight to detect magic in this room? Absolutely. As you cast Detect Magic, there is one source in particular that you find, and it is the bright red, very long quill that is currently residing in the inkwell itself. But the book does not ping for magic? Correct. We just, we've already encountered transporting books, so I just wanted to make sure. Mal will inform Fleeple and Lance about the magic quill. Then she wants to go look at that book. She wants to open it and see maybe what the last, if there are other names in it, maybe what the last passage was. As you describe to Lance and Fleeple the quill magic being magic in origin, it speaks and goes, Well, of course I'm magical. How else do you expect me to survive down here all by myself with no one to help aid and assist me? Goodness. And as the quill starts to like hover out of the ink well and like shakes a few droplets of ink and goes, Yes, yes, hello, hello. Would you like to check into the library today? Hmm? Yeah, Fleeple approaches the quill and says, Well, I am not one to turn down an act of kindness, so I would be happy to have you check me into this place. Oh, yes, of course, of course. I'll just need some of your blood. Okay. Oh, no. And for you, you two over there, um, what would you, would you like to check into the library as well? As it turns to Lance and turns to Mal, both of you, and just sort of looks back and forth between the two of you. Is there any way to check into the library without drawing blood? Well, I wouldn't say so. I wouldn't say that there is, no. No, I see, you see, I am the purveyor of the, um, well, maybe not purveyor is the right word, the guardian to the entrance of the library here, and uh, under strict rules and guard that no one is to enter without donating some of their blood, so that if anything nefarious were to occur, we can track them down, and we can destroy them. D-destroy? Oh, yes, very good, very much so. We're very intent about the secrets we keep down here. Do you realize no one's been down here for a very long time? Oh, yes, I know. I've gone quite mad. <laughs> <laughs> By my reckoning, it's been uh, 83 years, uh, four months, five days, uh, six hours, seven minutes, and 25 ish seconds. 28. 30. You get the idea. Yes, yes. And so the blood, of course, the, the, these orders come from, oh goodness, I can't remember the name of the person who was uh, ordering you to take our blood. Oh, it was from the uh, the royal, no, sorry, not royal. I'm getting my stories mixed up there. Apologies. Uh, it's, it's from the, it's from the high tomb keeper himself. Yes, yes. Uh, just saying, was that, that was tomb keeper, not tomb keeper, correct? Because that, that difference is going to really change how I feel about this individual. Yes, it was high, high tome, as in a book. Tome keeper. All right, yes. Okay, I, I feel a little better about it. What if we were to tell you that the high tome keeper is dead? <laughs> I would say that's pretty far-fetched. Because there will always be a high tome keeper in Cattlekeep. Yeah, but are you sworn to every high tome keeper or just the one who gave you the order last? Oh, yes, no, I give myself to a greater good of an organization rather than to a person itself. Really, I serve the position and not the person, 
if that makes sense. You serve the person, not the position. So if the person's dead... No, the position, the position, not the person. No, now you're getting your stories mixed up and it wags its feather at you and sort of like bops you in the nose. Oh, okay. At this ridiculous back and forth between Lance and a magical talking quill, Malamara will just roll her eyes and um, approach and just hold out her hand. Oh, good, good, good. Yes, let me prepare myself. And as uh, uh, as he goes to prepare himself, Fleeple, did you have something to say? Yeah, can I get some insight in on this quill here? Ha-ha! Excellent choice. <laughs> surprise, surprise, we're playing d and I'd almost forgotten. Yep. <laughs> okay, you got this sport. Okay, yeah, that's pretty decent. That is a 24. Okay, 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 tight, 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 tight. This quill is preposterous. You don't say. As, <laughs> right? <laughs> In case you couldn't gather. But as you hear the quill speak, it's very, it seems very intent on its orders, but is very, it has a lot of pride in its position currently. It enjoys its job. It enjoys its purpose. And it wants to fulfill that purpose to the greatest extent possible, which is being the gatekeeper, or rather the the admittance and checkout individual for this abandoned library. But with a 24, you, you've been studying this quill the entire time. And when Lance asked if there was any other way to enter without giving blood, the quill hesitated just a little bit. And you don't know why or for what purpose necessarily, but that is what you get. Looking back at Fleeple and Lance with Mal's handout, should I say, I mean, if we're trying to get a library, it seems like this is the only way, so we might as well. And she'll encourage them to step forward. I think we should talk to this quill about career choices. Perhaps it might be very difficult for this quill to do its job if it were to be, you know, snapped in twain. Uh, at this, the vials that had been, this quill had been pulling out for each of your blood. He's halfway between floating one up onto the desk when all of a sudden he snaps up and goes, How dare you! You tried to snap me in half? Well, I'll snap you in half as quickly as that! Hmm, well, maybe let's see. And I would like to grapple the quill. Okay. You got this, sport. You got this, sport. <laughs> Let us have a grapple check. There, there's something that tells me this quill doesn't necessarily have great athletics or acrobatics. It's true. It's true. So we will see how this works out. I mean, granted, my athletics is not great. It's a minus two. Well, it's probably better than a quill. Okay, I've got a 14. Rolled a two on the dice. Boom. Nice. The pen is mightier than the sword, but nothing's mightier than Fleeple. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so with my renewed youth and vigor, I clutch the quill from out of the ground from out of the air, rather, and let the vial shatter on the ground. And I hold the quill between my two hands and start kind of flexing it slightly, and I'm like, hmm, it would be such a pity if there was absolutely no other way for us to get into the library. Good heavens, what are you doing here? You, you unhand me! This is, this is, this is outrageous here! 
Yes, well, it would be much easier to unhand you if I had just a little bit of assurance that maybe there was a way for us to get in that didn't require the shedding of blood. It's such a barbaric thing, and I bend a little bit. Oh, 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 all right, all right, all right. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, but please release me. Oh, look at us seeing eye to eye, and I release the quill into the air. <laughs> and since the quill has no hands... Uh, like a dog shakes its uh, fur to get the water off and to sort of like unfur, like to fluff up the fur. Yeah, yeah to, to fluff up its fur, it does that with its with its whole uh, a long feather and just just shakes and. Well, I just want to say I'm very hurt right now. I'm very, I'm very distraught and very hurt. You're the first person I've seen in eighty years. I can't even remember how much time I've lost count. That's how, that's how upset I am. That's how distraught I am. Imagine how hurt I would be if I had to lose blood. Well, I was going to give it back to you, of course. It was for me to keep always. I don't want my nasty, dusty blood getting put back into my body after you're done with it. Well, I wouldn't put it in your body. I would give you the fi- Look, I was merely going to take your blood so that there was no funny business inside the library. Then when you checked out, I would give the blood back to you. But- well, you know that I've been here by myself for quite some time, with only me and uh, Mimi Lachey over there. And you see the, the chair sort of like perks up, and like two eyes open up on the, on the seat, and like look around. Yes, no, no, it's all right, Mimi, you can go to sleep now. And the eyes just sort of like close. There's a mouth that opens and yawns before settling down into a chair. Yes, me and Mimi, we've been quite lonely here, and... I've been compiling some stories of my own. I seem to have hit a writer's block, if you will. You're a writer. Well, I am a quill, aren't I? Well, of course you I are. I write things. We sympathize with you. You're just being taken advantage of by a system that doesn't appreciate its workers. You should you should band together. You should create, like, an organization to support your rights of being represented <sighs> and having your views known. I will not have you knocking against the library here. I'm merely stating I just wish I had a little bit more company is all. Well, goodness, had I known that you were an artist, I mean, they've probably asked you to write just for exposure, haven't they? The thing is, uh, the things that the only things that I am actually have written are an analysis of each of your blood, uh, not your blood, but uh, of uh, people's blood to sort of like keep a log or record. Think of it of like some sort of uh, card that when you checked in and checked out of a place, I see I document those instances and uh, sort of write demographic information about the individual. What I'm trying to say is I'm trying to get into fiction rather than non-fiction here, and nobody's asked me to write any literary works, um, anything like that, you know. And and at that, like, the the feather curls around and sort of, like, uh, like shuffles in the air in front of all of you. Well, I mean, I always love a good romance, so I think you should maybe use the demographic information that you've gathered together to maybe compile a, a mystery adventure romance, if you will. Two unlikely people brought together in unlikely circumstances. While they're prattling on with the quill, Mal is going to sit up on the desk and pick up that book and start flipping through the pages. Sure. Absolutely. As you do this, uh, the quill is not interested in you reading it. 
there are a few entries in here that are exactly as he states. There are some names, like one of them is uh, Sir Reginald, human, male, age 47, and then sort of a description of them, like scar over the left eye. But then in, in the description, he's gotten quite verbose and actually he's gotten quite good at pulling out information about the individual themselves. So like tendency towards gambling, but a possibility of a turnaround in his future. Go ahead and roll me a uh, arcana check. You know how it's really good intelligence? Not me. <laughs> That's a 12 with a negative one. Okay. 12's not too bad. Easy enough, as you're reading through some of these entries, although you don't um, maybe get as much as you could have received uh, as you spend some more time in this, but there are some insights in here that are definitely not from a cursory glance. So there are some things about, like, uh, lost their mother when they were uh, a child and has shaped their future. Or another entry of aspiring evocation wizard but would suit better in the transmutation magics things like that so just something odd that you pick up while holding the book mal addresses the quill if you take if i could oh yes sorry what if you take our blood and you do this analyze thing will you (laughs) show us the results oh yes of course mal will shut the book put it back on the table and hold out her hand again to the quill Oh, we're back to this again! Wait, 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 what's happening? I see. <laughs> I'm interested to know what the magical quill is going to say about my blood. This is not... Someone can't just take your blood and know your genetic background and maybe potential habits that you might have and form and where your family ancestries... This isn't like a test. That's impossible. That's exactly what I do. Well, you should market this. You should, like, sell it. Or something, so people can find out more about oh, themselves. Oh, hush, hush. <laughs> Give me a minute here. And he starts to pull all the vials out and a piece of paper next to each vial in front of each of you in particular. We've just turned this into Fantasy 23 and Me. <laughs> He's like an Ancestry.com. <laughs> Have an hour special going over like, I didn't know I was Dutch. What? My family has a heart condition? Episode one of Relative Race, we're going to go across and finding <laughs> relatives. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> Fleeple, you have a cousin you never knew. <laughs> Fleeple is a tenth cousin three times removed from Tiamat. <laughs> mm. So, yeah, now that we've actually heard what this quill is planning on doing with the blood, uh, like he's planning on actually giving it back, I do feel a little less bad about the idea of kind of going along with it. And I also do feel a little sorry for the fact that I accosted this individual. So I look at Mal, and then I look back towards Lance and give a little shrug, and I uh, hold out my hand as well. Wow, this has been an interesting turnaround of of things. Uh, I can tell that you're the leader here, as he points towards Mal, and you get these two hoodlums to do what you will. You should hold on to that. They they seem like they could use a good direction here. Uh, You must be the favorite. You must be the favorite here. <laughs> she is the dragon slayer, so we have to defer to that. <laughs> okay, we don't need Ooh, to keep... dragon slayer! Don't to, no, don't spread the legend more. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness! 
I have to jot that one down. Yes, you know, if you want a story to write, I mean, we've got a dragon slayer right here. And actually, I've got, and I reach into my satchel and I pull out some of the more verbose and revolting poetry that Mondath wrote. And I'm like, I've got some scrap paper here. You could just write on the back of these. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> my goodness! It's been a while since I've had some new material to look at. Yes, yes, please, please. Um, uh, 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 let me, okay, wait, first things first. The job, all right, of course. Yes, yes, yes. As each of you hold out your hands for blood, or rather, Fleeple and Mal, you've stated that you're going to hold your hand out. Lance, are you going to? My hands are crossed for now. Okay. All right, well, the very least we'll do uh, these two individuals here, and you could stay behind. I don't know. We'll figure it out. You Let's mentioned another way. Move forward. Yes, of course. Let me do this, and then I'll get to that. So, as Fleeple and Mal, you hold out your hand for your blood to be drawn. The quill hovers over your hand first, Fleeple, and goes, I know we've had our differences in the past, and I want you to know this is not vengeful here. Yes, this is just a business. And as soon as he says that, he stabs you in the finger. (laughs) And it's not, like, excruciating, but he's a sharp quill. So it hurts a little bit. And very professional, he floats over to your vial and dabs, like, a few times. And your drop of blood falls to the bottom of the vial. With Fleeple's blood being deposited in his own vial, Mal, he comes over to you and he goes, And now it's your turn, leader. Oh favorite if you will (laughs) yes anyway boom jabs right into your finger it's a prick to you you're familiar with this kind of pain and your blood a little bit thicker a little bit larger floats over to the vial and drops into the vial itself and lance he just glances over in your direction says, and you are um uh, abstaining for the time being is that right yes Mm -hmm." lance just stares at the quill (laughs) after a pregnant pause of nobody saying anything all right then. Yes. Okay. Let's. Uh, here we are. <clears throat> and um, he goes to both of your blood here, and he goes. Then let's start with this one right here. And he goes right into Fleeples. And he, as he looks at yours, he mutters something and is kind of like talking to himself. Yes. Yes. Um. Um. He goes. Okay. <clears throat> All right. And he gets real still, and his feather starts to droop towards the vial itself. Blood obtained from patron here now. Examine them, no matter how- Oh, oh my, actually. I Wow, look at this. It already began. Fleeple, as you look at the vial, your blood begins to change color. And instead of your normal red color, your blood has begun to alter into a bright, shining liquid. At this time, the quill begins to write furiously on the piece of paper, still muttering to himself. Mm, yes, okay. Um, uh, name, Fleebo. Hello, Fleebo. Uh, origination, Southwood. Uh, yes, yeah. Clan name, Svent. Oh, no, sorry, not, not Svent. And he scratches that up. Thrikamanaki clan. Yes, Herod. Oh, ooh! Recently de-aged 10 years. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. As he looks up to you, he goes, uh, goes by Shank. Occasionally. Hmm. Uh, yeah, yes. I, uh... You haven't interacted with any deities of late, have you? Um, well, not to my knowledge. Oh. Are you sure? 
just positive. I guess if it's not your knowledge, you wouldn't know. Well, I mean, we've we've uh, got Mal over here, and Mal is pretty impressive, you know. I mean, she is uh, as imposing as uh, as a deity herself. But uh, but but look over here. Before we look over there, Lance, are you doing an insight check? I would check? like to know. After that was said, I stare over at Fleeple like, what the crap? Uh, are you doing an insight check on Fleeple or on on Fleeple? Because Fleeple was like, not to my knowledge. That is a natural twenty. Mm. With a total, with a total of twenty-seven. Okay, Fleeple, you are uh, allowed to roll a persuasion or a deception check or share the information freely. Any one of those three options are fine. So Ned has some pretty solid ideas as to the fact that Fleeple probably has recently interacted with the deity, but I don't think Fleeple would in fact be aware of that. So Lance, this whole situation has put you on red alert with the quill and the blood, and you're like, mm-mm, nope, better not, and so everything is putting you on edge, and you're like, Fleeple? Fleeple? Oh, no, he's good. He checks out. Gotcha. And the quill, drawing your attention to the vile Fleeple, now... As you look at your blood, you see that it is now giving off a warm and bright light. And with your cobalt daylight sensitivity, you would normally have to put your goggles on. But for some reason, you don't feel any fatigue or pain from this light. As you squint your eyes a little bit to get a better idea, you see that this shine is amplified because your blood has almost turned into pure platinum. Now. I've, I've only I've only seen this shine usually with those that serve a deity or some sort of higher power or holy calling or what have you. Uh, in my time, we had we had quite a few paladins and clerics come through here, so it's just a shot in the dark, is all. So. Oh yes, well you know I'm I'm not a cleric by trade. I do worship Bahamut, you know, but I've I've been thinking about you know maybe dabbling a little bit in the clerical arts. Hmm. Right, okay. Yes, it could be what we're seeing here. Yes, you might say that me and Bahamut were pretty tight. Mm, yes. Well, from this uh, analysis, I would say that you might be tighter than you even realize. So. Oh. It's all right, Quill. Many people mistake Fleeple for a cleric. I mean, sometimes even broadcasting it on, you know, <laughs> social media. <laughs> <laughs> So with that, the quill, he uh, goes, ah, well, uh, he finishes right uh, these notes uh, as he's been talking to you and sort of uh, gets halfway down the paper and just goes, ah, all right. Well, now let's see. Um, uh, we'll go to you, Miss, uh, Miss Leader here. And everyone turns towards Mal's vial. Mal, your vial during Fleeple's conversation has actually moved. The blood inside your vial similar to Fleeple's, has changed color, but instead of yours becoming clear, yours has changed into two distinct colors. Part of your vial now contains a pure white liquid that bobs on the calm, undisturbed surface. However, as all of you look at that, seconds later, there is a dark, inky, black liquid that bursts through the surface and fights to envelop and tarnish the pristine white liquid residing on the surface. And it's chaotic, and it moves the vial, and it starts to shake. Uh, it doesn't fall over, but it starts to move and, and, and 
wiggle. After a few seconds of this chaotic struggle, however, the black substance submerges to the bottom, and the liquid calms with the white slowly bobbing and returning to the surface, serene just as it was before. These two colors seem to interact like oil and water, but the darkness seems to have a mind of its own. Now at this, the quill looks up to you and goes, Mmm, looks like someone is dealing with an internal struggle here. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Oh, I'm writing that joke down. That was quite good, I would say. Yes, of course, of course. And he goes to, uh, to write to frantically on a piece of paper, uh, jot this down, and goes, uh, <clears throat> but yes, uh, uh, Malamara, yes, uh, name Malamara, uh, uh, half-orc by uh, orange nation, uh, from the spine of the north. Well... You're a bit far away from home, aren't you? Yes, yes, of course. <laughs> yes, of course. Uh, ooh, 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 not good. Uh, deal with the demon here. Is that right? Is that right, here? Mal shuffles uncomfortably. <laughs> He's asking. <laughs> <laughs> she, out of the corner of her eye, kind of looks, glances at Fleeple and Lance and adjusts her, her coat more fully around the sword hilt. Looks away. Yes, well, well, all right. Well, no judgment, but you know, I wouldn't do no that. No judgment. Yeah. <laughs> Demon, is that right? No judgment. <laughs> well, if you are, uh, um, if you want, if you wanted some information on the astral plane, I can direct you towards our interplanar travel section as well. Um, uh, if that interested you, I, I, I assumed because of your, um, uh, your gift sword there. This pen. We need. We need to recruit this pen. <laughs> we can prick every every person we interrogate. We can just prick that person. <laughs> yes, you say you've been kind of lonely. Would you would you like a job? I've been known to employ people before. We have very good benefits. Oh, no, no, I have a job. I have a job. We'll give you time off to write your stories. <laughs> I've had eighty years worth of time off to write stories already, so I, I think I'm pretty good, actually. Yes, yes. Uh, but you, you, you elf, you for sure don't want to get your blood. I told you, I'm sorry. I told you I would tell you the other option. Here I go, running my mouth, my quill, if you will. <laughs> I'm writing that. No, no, okay, sorry. Um, the other way, which now I realize since we've all been speaking to each other is kind of embarrassing to admit, but... Uh, <clears throat> and he sort of, like, wraps the feather around himself again. And he goes, well, you, you, you know I've been quite um, by myself here, and... I have hit writer's block, and, um... Well, if someone provided me with adequate inspiration, I feel that, uh, I... I could let the rules slide just this one time, and allow you to enter and, um, partake of the spoils within, if, if, if you, uh, uh, to enter the library, is what I'm trying to say. So the way we get in is to inspire you. Well... I don't do it for everybody, but it has been 80 years since someone has come by, so I don't know. I don't want to wait another 80 years for some additional inspiration, if you will. I look at Mal and... <sighs> Where's your bard? Uh, Where's your bard? Not a bard. <laughs> How are we to inspire you? With a story? What do you want here? I mean, I would take a story, and he pulls out a new sheet of paper and sort of, like, just sets himself down at the top. The feather, sl like, if a feather could look expectantly, then then he would. 
Or we could do the blood thing. I mean, I, you know, I don't have to, and he starts to put the paper away. You know, I, you know it, was, it was just something. It was just an idea. It was just, we don't have to do this. What paper does he write this all down on in the book? Oh, it's just a, this is a new sheet of paper. It's not in the book itself. And that's, it's a good thing to know. All of the jokes that he's been jotting down are actually on a separate piece of paper. It's not in the book itself. Oh, man. What does Lance want to do? I'll tell, I'll tell you a story. All right. He slowly, like, the piece of paper slowly floats over to him again as he's waiting. Just give me a second. Well, while uh, Lance is taking a moment to compose himself and his story, um, Mal addresses the quill again. Does... Does the book say anything else about me or or about what happened with that interaction? I'm sorry, uh, you were talking about my analysis in particular or what specific part of your life or uh, was there anything else? Well, is there anything you wish to know? I mean, I I just, I had gotten everything I needed necessarily, but is there anything you were looking for, hoping for, wanting? <laughs> no, I just, I just was curious if um what it what it said some of the other posts seemed really intricate and um very in-depth and so i was just, i was curious if there was anything else but um i was just curious what it would say uh, uh well, um give me a second uh, uh let me see if i can uh, discover a little bit more here and um uh, he goes he floats over to your vial again and um he takes a look at it and goes uh, let's see here. Uh, ah, yeah, well, th- there's the demon part. We already established that. And um, the the sword. And Oh, my. I'm terribly sorry. Your family. It's... I've never been one for tragedies, but yours seems to be dotted and fraught with it. I, I can tell you that your father's still alive. Uh, not that you... Maybe not care to know that, and um, and the quill sort of like the feathers ruffle up a little bit as he and it gets closer and goes. You had a brother. Had. This is real odd. Well, no, 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 no. This is really odd. I I can't see if they're alive or if they've passed. And usually I can see things like that. I could usually. Hmm. For some reason, that particular aspect of your life is hidden from me. Mal will close her eyes and sigh and kind of nod that acknowledgement. It's hidden from me, too. I was hoping... You know what? It doesn't matter. Lance, are you um, are you ready to inspire this quill here? Lance is really sweating it out right now. Yes, just... You want me to give you a story for inspiration, is that it? Uh, that was what I requested, yes. <sighs> All right. I'll give you a story. There is a legend in a city of Faerun of an impeccable thief. One who is never seen, never heard, sometimes felt, if wronged in any way, a thief that would prey on those who viewed themselves higher than others, 
There's a famous story of a nobleman who would take advantage of his servants by making them work hard, promising them extra pay, and then sending them on an errand and locking them out at night. Well, one day, that nobleman, holding his treasure because he wouldn't pay those employees he locked out, was putting on a ball, if you will. As he was putting on the ball, he would notice this little insignificant servant boy, someone who kept fumbling around, kept spilling drinks on his guests and dropping food, and he was irate. This was not the help that he would pretend to hire, and so he sought that boy out. But every time he got close, somehow that boy would be gone. So all night he would chase and chase and chase until finally he spotted the boy going out the front door and he ran up to that servant. How dare he berate and degradate his house by such clumsy foolery. And as he went to grab at the boy, it wasn't a boy at all, but a very small, spry, smiling elf. And that was one of the last things he saw. All of a sudden, blacked out. And as his eyes roused, he saw that boy laughing and running away. And standing over him was the only mention of this famous thief that had ever been seen. Knife held to his eyes, this thief whispered to him and said, If you ever come after me or my brother again, you'll see me one last time and that'll be the only thing you'll ever see. And he couldn't see her face, only the color yellow. And forevermore, that thief was known by yellow. And no one ever saw her after that. And still to this day, nobles of the cities of Faerun hide their goods, and whenever they spot yellow, they shudder in fear. Inspired. <laughs> and as the silence hangs in the air the only sound coming from the quill furiously writing every word that you're saying three pages full now interrupted occasionally by the snoring of Mimi Lachey next to you the quill finally finishes a paper sets it back on the stack and goes well I just think that's unfair you're not even a budding rider and that is way better than the 500 pages that I have written of my own volition here. So, not only have you inspired me, but you have also encouraged me to do better, shall you say. So, um, oh, bravo! Bravo! And the feather starts to clap <laughs> with, uh, two portions of itself and says, Well, I say that is, that is, um, a worthy story to gain admittance in here. Here, 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 here. And, um, uh, I can tell you have some bard in you uh, as, as, uh, as well, perhaps. Uh, m- maybe in another life. Maybe, perhaps. We'll see. We'll see. Imminent. Uh, well, with that in mind, I will uh, grant you access. Poof. You got it. There it is. Done. Quill, could you point us to the religion or the dragon section, perchance, of the library? Oh, yes, of course, of course. Um, the draconic section, you'll want to head to the northeast portion of the, uh, of the library. 
You can't miss it. There's a huge uh, draconic uh, relief symbology, everything in there. Uh, so it's it's really uh, really quite easy to spot once you find it. If you question whether or not you're there, you're not there. But if you're like, oh, I'm here at the draconic section, yeah, you're you're there. It's pretty clear. And the religion? Oh, uh, what type of religion are you speaking of? Draconic religion? Anybody else have better notes than I do, apparently? My notes say look in the religion or dragon section. Does anybody else have something different? Uh, it was that. Yes, that's what I had. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, for the organized religion, that's going to be on the um, northwest side of the uh, library. So you have northeast for dragons, northwest religion. Um, it's very quiet in there. So um, if, you, if you're like, oh, it's too loud in here, you're probably not there. But if you're like, wow, it is like uh, pretty quiet here, you're probably in the religion section. I, I never went there myself. I, I found it quite boring. Well, perhaps I'm thinking we we didn't expect that we were going to have a person here who understood the sort of inner workings of this place. So Yes, people forget me quite a bit. So maybe we could just get right to the point. Um, do you know if there's anything in there about the cult of the dragon? Um, I have not read those texts, but I'm I'm sure there are. I... I didn't really... To be honest, dragons bore me, and I got all my dragon knowledge from uh, Mirin herself anyway, so I didn't feel like I had to go in and read about that. Um, you know, now that you'd mentioned, actually, Mirin did describe to me a few... Uh, a little bit. She did speak about the cult and how uh, she bamboozled them into giving her a lot, a lot of gold before she ate them all up. That was quite funny, actually. I've got it in my page full of, of jokes. Um, uh, yes, so. and, and Mirin, <laughs> uh, Mirin, kind of spectral-looking, um, maybe once a physical oh, yes. dragon, but now a, a ghost dragon. Okay, yes. Yes, that's 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 the one. You, you, you've heard of her, I see. Um, it's, you know, it's quite a shame, actually, because she had such amazing stories. I love her. We, we're, she was such a delight. Uh, we, um, I mean, we would definitely... Uh, uh, we, we would get together. We 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 were we were actually a pair in bridge. Um, it was it was quite fun. Uh, but um, we we would destroy any of the keepers that would come down here. Uh, not physically, of course, just uh, in the game. Although she did actually eat some of them at one point, which is probably why mm. nobody's down here. No, but she's great. I love her. She's wonderful. It's just a shame I can't see her anymore because of that barrier right there and uh, I can't cross it and she can't cross it and and so it's like I've lost a friend because I have. Oh, that is that is terrible. Uh, where does Mirren hang out these days? Oh, well, she just kind of floats around, you know, but um, I honestly wouldn't be... If you're worried about running into her, don't. I mean, she's great. She's wonderful. She's... She's a great conversationalist, and um, and uh, by near the end, anyway, she was like always, pretty much always asleep. And the only time she ever would really wake up is like when the library was in imminent danger. There were a few times I saw her when uh, it wasn't in danger, and I had to be like, "Hey, Marion, we've got a bridge game. Why don't you?" And then she just would float away, and I go, "Okay, next time." And, um, so I, I I wouldn't worry too much about her. I don't think she she's awake or anything. But mm. you seem quite knowledgeable of the library beyond the barrier. Um, what is stopping you from crossing the barrier? Oh, magic! 
let me let me rephrase my question. Um, why could you do it before and no longer can? Is the barrier new within the past eighty years? Why did it change? Oh no, just the last couple hundred went mere and started uh, eating people and uh, really causing havoc and uh, reinterpreting what it meant that the cat the the candle keep was in danger and things like that so it was really just a matter of like uh, she had to stay on that side of the barrier and I was put in charge of making sure of, of still allowing people to go in you know in case they wanted to go get those books but I guess they never did because um, everybody kept getting eaten but but you guys are probably fine I mean she's probably asleep though I wouldn't think I mean I'm going to put my quill in my mouth now before we go in past the barrier if these two want to keep talking to this quill they can mal is going to take one of the corners of this room um, and take her incense and chalk and draw out her transmutation circle and ritually cast that fine familiar to change zaza from an imp to a pseudo dragon ah excellent so uh it takes about 10 minutes i believe is what we decided um and so after 10 minutes of the quill discussing some of this stuff uh bringing up some new ideas and being like eh, but what if the but what if the but why yellow couldn't it have been like a more vibrant color like pink or neon orange or things like that no yellow uh, yellow is the color yellow is the color that's how the story ends the nobleman had all his stuff stolen out of his home he went broke he was laughed out of society and yellow that's it that's it that's all i'm saying yeah, I might take some uh, creative liberties. But at that same time, Zaza changes from an imp to a pseudo-dragon. And right before it, Zaza's like, Really? You're making me change? Again? You you, you don't want me as a... And then into a pseudo-dragon. <laughs> uh, then Mal will give her whistle to... It's a come command. So that Zaza comes from the floor and wraps around her shoulders. Excellent. And the quill goes, well, if, the, if you don't have any other questions, I, I'm, uh, I, I, I'd really like to get back to writing here. If there's, is there anything else I can have around it, so, um, you don't want your blood, uh, looked at at all, uh, elf? No? Of course not. No. You said that, of course. Don't push. Don't push, Quilly. Don't push. Anyway, um, well, ta-ta, and, uh, I'll be here if you need me. Yes, of course. And, uh, is, is that your name, by the way, Quilly? Uh, that's what I call myself. Uh, most people just call me The Quill, but it just seemed a lot when I was talking to myself, so I just called myself Quilly. Ah, so it's, it's not short for, like, Quilliam or anything like that? No, 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 but maybe I could... Ooh. I mean, you need ooh, a writer's interesting name idea. if you're going to be publishing. People will need to know who to attribute the story to. Ooh, Quilliam, Quilliam. Could be my pen name or my quill name, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> you should write that one down in your list of jokes. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it's worthy of one of those jokes, but you know, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe when I reflect on it, yes. Well, you have been of a great amount of service to us and given us a lot to think about. But thank you for everything that you've done. Excellent. And with that, it just turns away goes to some pages and starts scribbling on the table. Yellow, question mark. We'll go with it. But you are left to yourselves and you are welcome to cross through the barrier. As we're exiting out of the room, Lance is going to turn back to the quill to just like have a 
real brief private conversation and whisper to Quilly as they're like riding furiously. If you tell that story to anyone else, I will come back here and not only snap you, but rip the stuffing out of your chair. Got it? Gordon, roll an intimidation check. Not very good at those. But that's another natural 20. <laughs> yeah, it is! Dang! Woo. Uh, but with a minus one, it's 19. Nineteen. <laughs> Quilly, the quill or quillium, sort of looks at you, and you can see this, like, gulp reverberating through the quill, like, from top to bottom. He goes, uh, perhaps I'll just, um, uh, set that one off to the side and go back to my, uh, political, uh, uh, civil war romance that I've got going. I'll take the papers if you don't mind. Um... I inspired you. I never said anything about keeping the story. Yes, of course. All right. You can take them, I suppose. I will snatch up the papers that he wrote my story on. Excellent. As you walk out and go through the barrier, you do. You are able to move through the barrier itself. As each of you walk through the barrier, there's a tight winding passage that uh, you have to go a little bit distance, not too far, but about 60 to 100 feet And as you keep walking through this uh, corridor, you are first greeted with the sound of soft running water. Soon after, you are greeted also with a growing light. And as you make your final turn around this turning uh, corridor and on this winding path, you are greeted with a, well, with an odd sight. This path opens where you no longer have to crowd. And beside you, there is a stone railing that is built directly into the ground that you can put your hand on. And this railing continues to wind in a casual manner for a good 150 feet. This railing seems to be highlighting a major attraction of this library, which appears to be an underground garden. Below you, below this railing, some 60 feet, there appears to be a large garden gathering area that is brightly lit by a giant globing orb that is fixed to the ceiling of this portion of the cave. This orb is radiating natural sunlight, allowing the plants and fauna to grow unhindered here. And you can physically feel the heat coming off the orb as if you were outside and fleeple. You have to put your sunglasses on to avoid shying away from the sight due to your uh, light sensitivity. This area below looks like it was some sort of garden or gathering area where patrons could come, relax, and listen to the running water while reading up on some of their ancient knowledge, but pulling your eyes away from the garden below, you see that the winding path branches off into two distinct areas. Directly after you have entered this open area, there is a similar winding path leading eastward that curves out of sight in a direction that you haven't headed towards yet. The other area is a set of iron double doors that are at the end of the winding railed path, roughly about 150 feet away. But you seem to have officially entered the abandoned section of Candlekeep Library. And that is where we're going to end this week's episode. Oh, man. Cool stuff. Man, finally Quilly. starting to peel back the scarf a little bit. Yeah, we are. <laughs> Sorry, that story yeah, was are. so long-winded. I apologize for that. 
Not at all. No, take your time. If That's, you ask me, yeah, it wasn't I thought it was just great. Us because I still have too many questions. Yeah, I have so many questions. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly because I apparently uh, I... was not listening to pronouns until the very end of the story, and I was <laughs> I have like arrows in my notes about things. <laughs> <laughs> well, I knew that I knew that Lance would have a hard time giving up his blood, if at all. But I didn't expect Flaple to be like. I'm gonna blood. snap this quail. Not so sure about. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just, uh, you know, destroy this uh, animate object. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> well, we we made oh, amends man. by the end. Me and Quilly were tight now. Yeah, we're tight now. Uh, now, Quilliam. Me and Quilly are not tight. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> well, the role reversals that everybody could see coming, but um, what a wonderful episode! And now we will get to explore the depths of Candlekeep even further on our next episode. Well, everybody, especially my players and all of you listening out there, thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode of iCast Fireball. As always, we hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we have enjoyed playing and exploring apparently Mad Hatter accents and voices. That was somewhat unintentional, but there you have it well for wherever you get your podcast from please leave us a review it helps boost our ratings throughout each podcast service puts us in other people's recommended feeds and lets us know that you like what you're doing if you want to write something a little bit longer than a review you could also shoot us an email icastfireball2020 at gmail.com or follow us at icastfireball20 on twitter and instagram and shout us out there with the hashtag iCastFireball. We'd love to hear from all of you, and we're hoping to get the word out there and, as always, set this podcast on fire. Folks, we've had some other people leave us some reviews, and so I wanted to shout them out here. First off, we've got No Namek Needed. I hope I said that right, but they their review on Apple Podcasts said, Faith Restored, they give us a five-star review. They mentioned at the very end that they don't normally give reviews, but that we earned it over here, and we really appreciate the review. I myself don't give reviews out as well, and so I don't take that lightly. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for the five-star review. As similarly, we've got Dragoness3321. They said it's a great D&D podcast. It can be hard to find a swear-free D&D podcast, that it's a perfect family-friendly D&D podcast. We definitely try to keep it swear-free and try to make it accessible for most of the people in the family. So thank you so much, Dragoness3321. Also, we had Jared reached out to us not too long ago on Instagram, and within a week and a half had completely caught up on all of our episodes. So Jared, wow, thank you for the dedication and so glad to have you along for the ride. Lastly, I just want to say thank Thank you to everybody. Um, we've posted on our social media, but we, re- we recently hit our one year anniversary. We started releasing episodes on May 5th of 2021. And within that one year, all of you helped us reach 11,000 downloads within our first year, which is staggering, mind blowing, and completely took us off guard but we are just humbled and grateful that you would spend the time with us and that you would uh, share with your friends as well. So thank you again so terribly much. As always, though, just want to give a quick shout out to our sister podcast, Improv Tabletop, where our resident kobold, Ned, takes a turn as a GM and runs through many one-month adventures using the Fate Accelerated system, but also the new published Avatar Legends tabletop system. Both are incredibly fun, whether you like 
Avatar, The Last Airbender, or The Legend of Korra, or you just like fun, wacky improv situations, you should definitely give them a listen, and don't forget to leave them a five-star review as well. Lastly, like, subscribe, and share with your friends and fellow wacky adventurers, but until next time, I am Thomas, your DM, and around the table we have... Malamara, Lance Thalen, and Flippo. Let's keep that fire going, and we'll see you all next time.